I've started. Okay. Hello. Welcome to a brand new season of Octane Man Roman podcast. I am your host Akshay, joined by my sidekick. Your usual joke, which gets old, but anyway, it is old. You are you are welcome to make new jokes. Ah uh, no, anyway. Okay. For that, I have kept you. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, been I a while. People, people must have guessed that we are absolutely in the mood, in the zone to record our next podcast. Brand new season. Yes, obviously, this was a season obviously, break. Obviously, nothing is obvious with us. It no, is always very erratic. Yeah, that's what. That's why the breaks are obvious. <laughs> the breaks are. <laughs> the time period is not. But anyway. Yeah. So we have been gone for a very long time. Over nothing, three months. Yeah, three months, right? Okay. Last came out in what on January some some date. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which we recorded before Christmas, but yeah. that's what we do again, which is very obvious. Which is again, yes, very predictable. Very but predictable. three months, we didn't take a, we didn't take this long a break, in the previous seasons between the previous. No, but this seasons. time we decided because you also had a lot of shit to take care of, I think. And yet nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> not the important. La- the last not. three months have been very boring. Very unproductive. Okay. Unproductive. We have. I. I guess we both have not. Done a lot of motorcycling, no touring, no going to the no track. No touring at all. Yeah, I think I I the only travel I did was I just took one flight. That too was just Bombay. So yeah. on the work front also things have been fairly stagnant. Very stagnant. Yeah, not fairly very stagnant. Yeah. So I guess there was no reason to take a break. <laughs> But here we are. Right. So I think we're gonna start off with our. Oh, you're there. Yeah. Is there anything else to add? <laughs> no. Okay. I thought you're the guy with the jokes. No, okay. I'll 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 keep throwing in the jokes in between. Okay. Uh, I think we're gonna start off with our usual favorite, which obviously is again our keyword is gonna be obvious. Obvious, yes. Yeah, Very obvious. obvious. Motorsports. Okay. So Formula One is back. MotoGP as well. Yeah, MotoGP as well. This was the reason why I delayed by a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so you let's start with Formula One first. Okay, so we already have two races. Brilliant first two races. I think you know the reason why. We all know. Yeah. Even the people listening, I'm pretty sure they know. <laughs> yes, uh, I mean if they follow Formula One at all, or if they are on Instagram at all, I think the the Watching Alonso memes. memes would have yes. reached them. Yeah. So I'm absolutely glad to see. Fernando Alonso at the age of what forty one now? No, forty one or forty. He's a couple of years younger than God himself. <laughs> <laughs> But there that he is. That guy is kicking ass. That guy is kicking some serious ass. Like he's right there. And so even before the season started, we were rooting for him. We have we always ex- been rooting for him. But we were expecting him to do well, but still not up there with the. Red Bulls, right, right, right. So, I think uh, let's let's go in a more structured way, which we'll never do. But okay, no, I'm 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 gonna try. Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna go for the uh, give it a go. Yeah, I'm gonna go for the unknown today. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Red Bull clearly has a lot of pace, which is, I would say, terrible for the championship. Right. I mean, on in the first race, it was so bad. I mean, you would expect the sponsors of a team that is doing well are gonna get get good visibility. <laughs> yes, right? which didn't happen. Yes, because Red Bull was doing so well that Max Verstappen was so far ahead. Yes, 
that nobody could be bothered to put the camera on a red bull right he was almost like a back marker <laughs> yeah he almost was yes true like the gap was so much he was in a race for himself right? yeah but in the first race we got such brilliant overtakes alonso on uh, leclerc i mean alonso i, I was Hamilton. not able to watch the race properly we'll come to we that as well we'll talk yes. about that as well right? yes major majorly yeah, yeah. So yeah, the race. <clears throat> but brilliant overtakes, and because this time I was watching on F1 TV Pro, mm. I had my primary screen on the race feed. Mm. But the moment there was a, uh, I would say an overtake upcoming, mm. I would switch to Alonso's camera. Yeah, you're practically you replace Binotto. I I am replacing Binotto. At least yes. somebody. If, oh, you took your photograph, right? watching all the different screens <laughs> right yeah i mean it is fun like f1 tv pro is brilliant sure. like i could have the primary feed on the primary screen mm. then on the tablet i could set up whatever uh, driver's camera how I many want. screens eight screens right six six okay. it allows as much as six and screens. i remember you telling me there are some uh, plugins oh yes multi view okay we were, we, are, we, we were, i think we are getting distracted let's we'll talk about the race yeah so the first so pre season let's talk about pre season what was the scenario the landscape before the first race okay so this is something which i personally don't know okay so there what were the predictions even before the first race the happened? prediction was obvious red bull red bull yes uh, that was i mean I, i think everyone expected that mm. uh also because of budget caps people were expecting certain changes right but not in the negative direction for mercedes i mean mercedes clearly lacks space red bull has a handicap this year because of what they did last year they, they, they spent a lot of money on uh, they, on food food <laughs> <laughs> they 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 spent a lot of money on wings chicken wings or car wings nobody knows but wings but wings yes yeah uh, so yeah they have limited testing time in the tunnels then uh, in the wind tunnels and some 25 million dollars as well right i mean that doesn't matter to a team like red bull like financial penalties like money doesn't matter if there added penalties okay they, it's it's like barely barely anything for them like they, they have got their their hands in so much stuff right. and they like literally generate so But much but that's clearly not gone against them at least in this season yeah i mean the reduced wind tunnel time that is the major penalty right and that clearly hasn't gone against them uh mercedes is struggling mercedes has taken a different design approach without the side pods and all but that is not working ferrari good pace good pace not red bull level but good pace but in the first race uh, i mean they had reliability issues reliability issues as usual the, the story yeah. doesn't change i mean them. i i think people the, the team principle has changed but the story hasn't changed yeah i mean it's it it was never about the team principle i, I i'm sure this sort of is a top down thing and like how they operate in general because uh, i think their like their last champion was kimi raikkonen that tells you something right i mean it has been frustrating shows on leclerc's and sainz's face we were kids when ferrari was a winner which marker no i'm talking about raikkonen but raikkonen they were not <laughs> very dominant right it was not like off season after right. season they so, were there uh, so that that way i think 2012 was their last competitive season mm. with still like they were still competing they're not they were not, dom- they were not dominant they were not dominant but like the dominant was yes yeah. was only with schumacher only with schumacher yes early 2000s yeah that's what we remember i mean yeah. 
सो या बट मतलब द लास्ट टाइम दे वर कॉम्पिटेटिव इट वॉज ट्वेंटी ट्वेल्व विद अलॉन्सो बट माई क्वेश्चन टू यू इज डू यू थिंक फरारी हैज द पेस टू कम्पीट विद रेड बुल्स दिस इयर डू यू थिंक इफ दे सॉल्व द रिलेबिलिटी इशूज दे कैन ब्रिंग द गेम और यू नो फाइट विद द रेड बुल्स दे प्रोबेबली कैन बट लाइक नोइंग फरारी लाइक वॉचिंग फॉर्मुला वन फॉर सो मेनी इयर्स it seems like they will manage to mm. you know make the promise of being better next year <laughs> okay that's exactly what they have been doing for years now i mean sebastian vettel gave them their best hopes right when he was with ferrari that right. was the best hope in the turbo uh, like hybrid turbo era right that they had right. and they fucked up after 2014 i mean like like till the till the summer break they they were hopefully this was pretty 18 season right mm-hmm. they they were hopeful but, but same as the case last year no red bulls no, last didn't start, year they had start, red bulls didn't start well if you remember they didn't they had major liability issues ferrari was doing well yeah i remember sending a message to a common friend saying ferrari looks good and even he replied like let's wait <laughs> <laughs> right i mean like ferrari fans sort of have signed up for disappointment for lifetime so i mean it's still not too late to change camps and if you are a mclaren fan i'm sorry <laughs> oh, okay let's not go there let's again structured structured you remember that oh right, right yeah so uh, mercedes and aston martin yes that is an interesting equation because aston martin is getting its engines from mercedes right they have taken the same design approach as red bull right while mercedes has taken a different design approach like i mentioned earlier right and it is working brilliantly It's for paying aston off. yeah i mean in the first race so before the first race lance stroll had a crash on a bicycle yes so that clearly tells you cycles are more dangerous than formula 1 cars <laughs> and he i think injured both his hands had a fracture but i i think i i mean this is a safe assumption to make because he saw the pace of the car he felt like it was an opportunity for him to make a mark okay. and he actually came back to race even though he was supposed to be in recovery for a couple more weeks right and missed the first race at least and probably the second as well right but he came back and he drove brilliantly hmm. he did the car justice right strolled it yeah yeah so i mean that way aston martin is in a very good spot and i think mercedes so would not be liking race, it in the first race we were predicting that alonso will be competitive but we were not to sure about the second race and the upcoming race in melbourne but in the second race alonso proved us wrong in a way uh, I, mean, i was not hoping for a podium finish for him okay so and despite him getting a penalty 5 second penalty in the very starting right grid, right yes on the grid itself he didn't park his car uh, yeah so did, uh, like the starting spot he i think overshot it by a couple of uh, with a 5 second penalty he was still there yes i mean he couldn't have done better because the red bulls were way too fast for him yeah he couldn't have better his position but he solidified his he he did absolutely and on this track i'm i'm actually hoping because again melbourne El- melbourne El- park yeah albert park Ah okay. Uh so that is a street circuit. Mm-hmm. We have seen Checo doing like kicking ass on street circuit. He always goes on street. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's from Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trade trade in extreme street conditions. Right. Uh so he does well. 
प्लस अलोन्सो ऑल्सो इज वेरी गुड इन स्ट्रीट सर्किट्स I mean Alonso is good everywhere but everywhere yeah. ha, but but somehow he shines suits him ha, I mean he sort of yeah uh, I mean even in even on tracks where there are not as many overtaking opportunities like in the first race if you remember he overtook Hamilton in like what you would call the worst possible spot Absolutely. on the track and is he drifted yeah you remember that crazy drift he did yes so uh, again I have hopes plus somehow historically and again this has got nothing to do with how the car is it just is a, a random stat i'm throwing in but historically um, red bull hasn't liked australia as much okay yeah so i mean even if the car is entirely different this year hmm. uh, i think that is something that would probably linger in the back of head for the red bull team and the drivers okay right I, I, like when you know that you have never performed here mm-hmm. you will try to be over cautious and do the best you can but which uh, might so put you on a defensive with, with red bull uh, you know i am not very worried because we know red bull is in a very dominant position right we are only talking about the second no but in, in, in uh, you know team constructor uh, points yeah but I, now i want alonso to do better than third now <laughs> Yeah, there is a possibility. But uh, my question to you would be: Do you think if Alonso makes another podium finish hmm. in this race, do you think then we pretty much know that throughout the year he'll be good, very competitive? It's not a one one race or two race thing. I mean, like two races we've already seen the car is strong. Different conditions, different tracks. Different conditions. Yes, like, so, so that exactly there are there are it. times when yeah, that's what I'm asking. That, right? that sort of there are times it. when. there is one track which suits a car and the exactly. next track doesn't yeah these three tracks are very different to each other yeah. melbourne is definitely is melbourne to is definitely if but even the first two tracks were very different finds himself on the podium again then do we do we have a serious contender yes a serious contender for you know third on the on the could be better who knows Mm. could be better because like alonso is not a driver who makes too many mistakes Mm. like if the end of the year alonso finishes on top of hamilton and jo- george russell hmm. it would be a slap on mercedes's face right yeah it would be you particularly considering they're supplying the engine. engines right yeah interesting situation and, and i was looking at the uh, for the last race i was looking at the uh, speeds out or at certain speed trap okay and there is a massive difference in red bull and aston Okay. and then the rest of the cars and okay. mercedes is like third or fourth from the bottom oh yeah it's that bad again it's a speed trap mm-hmm. so uh, i would say it's not a major reference for anything right but still i would say it is indicative to a certain degree right yeah i mean you cannot look at it like you cannot look at the speed traps speed in terms of absolutes hmm. because obviously uh, it doesn't really tell you how like how much it favors handling or where the speed trap was hmm. but like a difference of as much as uh, like more than 10 km per hour right that's very significant hmm. yeah so another story is has doing significantly better than mclaren And Ricardo sitting. No, I think McLaren smiling. shitting its pants. Haas improved last year as well. Yeah, they they did absolutely yeah. did. So now I'm with the. So it's, it's less about Haas doing better and more about McLaren shitting its pants. But Haas is doing well, right? Yeah. For the last couple of races, 
if we add the last yeah, season as well reasonably well yeah it's pretty good especially that now we have three races in us this year yeah but i, I don't know somehow uh, like talk about formula 1 and us and everyone is talking about how andretti might be interested in getting in formula 1 nobody talks about haas being an american team it's already there yeah but like it isn't talked about as much right. as an american and i don't team. know if you have read this news or not uh, there's another f1 style track coming up in uh, new jersey oh i uh, some 2 billion dollars it. it came out a couple of days back so the green light has been given 2.3 billion dollars or something like that invested so there is a lot of movement happening in that country right it's not nascar anymore by the way sorry slight tangent i know i know what are you <laughs> going to talk about but i'm we will go there okay. but i'm saying that all of a sudden just because of the netflix series right us is all excited about fm they feel like they own it right now they own it right. they own it liberty right. media owns it <laughs> but all of a sudden they feel like they know better they have been following it for a longer time i mean this is great for the sport the kind of But fans they have they it has attracted is not exactly good i'll say yes it is going in the right direction because it was a dying sport f1 was a yes, dying sport yes yes that is my point especially with the hybrid era things were going in the wrong direction yes liberty media has able to completely change it Yes, completely. And I won't even say like point. <laughs> it's a subtle no, change. It, it's a massive departure from the Eccleston era. Yes. Yeah. So that's exactly my point. I'm saying that like even if it is attracting certain people, I, I mean I don't want to sound like a gatekeeper, but even if it is attracting certain set of idiots, who cares? It is. We do care, but it's a. But that's a problem. Evil. That's a problem for later. It's a necessary evil. Like, let's say, yeah. Yeah, that's a problem for later. I think like. uh more important thing is that the sport maintains enough interest across the globe so it should not die yeah yeah that's that's the whole point so but anyway on the topic of formula 1 i'm going to take the nascar like, nascar also nascar uh, it's a short topic let's short talk about uh, it before okay, cool. going on to the jensen button and kimi raikkonen yeah in nascar jensen button finished 19th okay yeah uh, raikkonen 26th or something like that. yes i don't remember exactly i was planning to watch that but i could watch was, the it was like 1 am to 4 am so uh, i mean it felt like too much work on a monday morning it was a race full of incidents sir what I, that's what i read yeah yeah about multiple restarts yeah. things like that jensen button did well yeah but that's the extent of what we know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's why uh, circumventing that and and going to talk about f1 tv bro yeah So this is I think for the first time in 25 26 years that Formula 1 doesn't have a TV broadcaster in India. Yeah. So until now obviously Hotstar but Star I mean Sports. Star was there. Hmm. So Formula 1 was on Star. While growing up if you remember we have watched Formula 1 on DD Doordarshan. Yeah. We watched Formula 1 on 10 Sports. I don't remember 10 Sports but I have 10 um, I think yeah. and obviously star sports star so sports. was the most media remember because huh. yeah anyway yeah. so uh, i watched i remember watching the race monaco race before arten senna passed away right. so yeah uh, that era was very different very sporadic 
broadcasting right yes but yeah but for yes. the last 20 years i didn't realize when this thing went away it has been 20 years continuously it has been broadcasted in india more than 20 more than 20 years yeah. so i think it is 30 but i'm not sure about 30 not 30. it is at least 25 i remember not being 30 because star was not there 30 years no before. no not star not star but continuously did did he always had brights uh, initially okay ha ah, so it was sort of like license like that ke some other uh, company would license but dd also had the rights it it sort of went okay. like that okay. but anyway so this is the first time uh, in the past 45 27 years that they like there is no tv broadcast right and uh, hotstar i mean apart from the other issues uh, so formula 1 they felt that they were not being valued reasonably and they were in conversations with sony they were in conversations with viacom 18 or like reliance right and they were in conversations with hotstar star and they felt that they were not being valued well enough mm. and that's why uh, like they could not arrive at a deal right and they launched f1 tv pro now they didn't launch it was always there internationally it was always there but uh-huh. in in india they that it's the only re- india it is available to everybody it was always available to everybody right but yeah now it shows india it is the only reason well. yeah it is the only uh, available option right for so fans, now now f1 that f1 tv pro is the only available option now i'm fine paying what uh, it's 30 dollars a year but 2500 rupees a year okay now i am fine paying that because i actively follow the sport and you can pay for it and i can pay for it that is the biggest factor like 2500 may feel like a small amount but considering so the you per- you were forced to pay that money but you got a lot more out of it yeah so again so that's what i'm saying okay? uh-huh. uh i'm happy paying that money but i'm not happy about the fact that there is no other distribution right. for formula 1 It's, why because it's detrimental to the you know sport sport yeah yeah like how did you start following formula 1 watching it on dd yeah you randomly stumbled onto it one day and you not like, that my father introduced it to me but well that's again, great that your father did available for yeah, free yeah but for me it I was i had to pay for it yeah it simply was that like i i stumbled onto it as like fuck this looks nice Hmm. and like then i started ev- trying to find patterns okay, okay this story is story with almost everybody yes exactly for most of us i mean it, it's great that your father introduced to it but for for most of us and hmm. for most of our friends they hmm. simply stumbled onto it right right now even with hotstar or star i'm i'm sure like younger fans of like 10 12 years of age they they were uh, sort of discovering it this way Right. Like I've got my a colleague of mine. He, uh, like in the name of sports, he follows tennis. Hmm. Okay, but he very eagerly wants his son, who hmm. I think is about six or seven years old, okay. to be exposed to practically all the sports that exist out there. Right. Right. He very much. He he keeps checking on me, uh, like checking with me about Formula One and MotoGP and all as well, hmm. so that he can get his son to. like maybe just just expose his son to those sports right right which is which is great on his part right. like even though he doesn't follow certain sports he wants his son to know what what all exist and he can maybe choose his interest gradually right but the thing is ke i cannot possibly expect him to pay separately for a platform or for a streaming service 
that he's not interested in right nobody in his home is interested in and he doesn't even know if his son is going to find interest in that right like because he's way too young to be uh, to to able to be For able to express for a lot of people it's not about the money it is about adding another subscription adding another subscription yeah. yes and like for something that they're not interested in right yeah so like my my question is entirely about how are the younger fans going to discover it and especially after netflix right it's not yes. about like internationally also in india we have seen that happening a lot of new fans have you know come up because of drive to survive drive yes. to survive right yeah. the, the whole and they, documentary they created series. that momentum and all of us and killed it now now you give them the the option of paying 2500 every year i don't think i'll Yeah, very very small percentage of very ardent fans are going to go that way. Like, okay, between the two of us, like you follow MotoGP religiously, right? You follow Formula One casually. Yeah. You didn't pay for F1 TV Pro, right? I didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Even though you are interested in the sport, yeah. It simply is like that's not a high priority sport and also considering the fact like 2500 is not a big amount seemingly, but consider the fact that this is actually costlier than the cheapest tier of netflix the single person account for netflix this is costlier than that and netflix is um, yeah it is it is the, i didn't think of it that yeah, way but the yeah ba- the base base tier of netflix is 200 a month which comes right. out to 2400 a year right this is costlier than that right this is twice the price of uh, your hotstar this is um, five double this primes. is eight times the price of a discovery plus right yeah but i mean this is like five six times for mo- price of most subscription options available right. in india and more than that what i'm saying is it's again adding another subscription yeah, yeah, yeah but for me it's but also, also the more price, than money i'm yeah. but price. you and i can reasonably afford it like even for me i'm talking about people like me it's just going uh, with the hassle of again adding another subscription yes yes i agree but that's exactly what i'm yeah. saying Ke, like you and i are not bothered by the price this much right and yet we had a brief thought that okay is it worth it like do we have right. to spend this much or right. should we wait and wait? like you remember uh, before the first race i i bought the subscription 2 days before the first race right you're waiting because right. i was waiting for may, maybe maybe some some deal will go through go through mm-hmm. and like even when i know like f1 tv pro is brilliant i'm, I'm absolutely loving it mm-hmm. i'm watching it's something old, you discovered after buying the subscription you yeah, didn't know like i'm watching old archives and like yeah. some some of the most iconic completely races completely worth it it is absolutely for worth it for me for person like uh, people like us right yes Uh, but it still doesn't take away the fact had you been in school or I, college if i was in college i would have and uh, so i'm part of a cer- like certain discord groups and all right uh, which are centered around formula 1 and obviously that has a lot of members who are not working who are like college students and all now they obviously are not going to choose to pay 2500 bucks i mean like a college student is uh, probably getting away with his monthly expense for that amount right they're not going to put away that their their beer money for money is rationed yeah the money is rationed when you're in college uh-huh. i mean money is rationed throughout but like it's at its for them it, it's more pronounced it's, uh, it's, it's more pronounced mm-hmm. so i mean like i i know back in my college i went through watching formula 1 basically on like illegal sources right right and that's what these people are going to go back to because mm-hmm. hotstar was like sort of like had other content right and was a 1500 rupee a year subscription which was also shared between four people right 
so they they were getting like they and were, came free with things like jio came free with internet yeah, subscriptions yeah, for yeah. airtel and all yeah, yeah, yeah airtel jio and all that made it easier yeah so i mean even moto gp they they announced a deal last minute with jio cinema and net like network 18 right but at least they arrived at a deal they formula didn't. 1 didn't and honestly i i think like 10 years from now i'm going to be that weird uncle who who basically i think tells, even the jio thing happened just because there is a possibility that an indian moto gp is going to happen this year so uh, i mean i know from people in the space that they were actually very eager to get formula 1 as well hmm. it just continued to be a battle over the pricing, the pricing yes okay. and i think moto gp must have compromised to a certain level maybe could be, could be. Uh, they but, need to you know advertise in india as well to push their yeah but indian gp but so does formula 1 but formula 1 is not in india right now right if it, you are it is not it for is the not. very first time if you are doing a race in india they need to promote it in every which way right but i'm simply it makes more business sense even by taking a haircut yeah i mean even if they they've done this deal for free it makes sense for them yeah, yeah. yeah because it although is, the the indian gp is right now in a limbo yeah not a limbo but in a very precarious situation right yeah i mean there there are there is not a lot of news around it but no. i i don't know if that is by design but yeah there is some news around it which uh, sort of puts couple of uh, yellow flags there uh, hopefully it doesn't turn into a red flag <laughs> yeah right, that let's let's hope but so but yeah it's it's terrible that there is no official broadcasting India, yeah, yeah, Formula One. Yeah, because we 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 can happily watch, but I'm 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 really sad for potential young viewers, right. like the ten year olds, the twelve year, yeah. like like in especially age, like we, I mean, for the audience, we both are like auto automotive enthusiasts, proper automotive enthusiasts, and we feel that the newer generation is not as excited, as connected to automobiles, yeah, as emotional about it as we were. that is true so we are in every which way trying to push this thing uh, like the idea of automobiles racing things to the yeah, newer generations push push sounds pushy inspire okay inspire <laughs> let's go with that word yeah but inspire uh this is not yeah this is not going to help i think it is not productive yeah in 10 12 years we are going to be those weird uncles who uh, who basically Uh, would not shut up about motor sports at a dinner table. Ten twelve years. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> we are already there. <laughs> no, we are already there. But in ten twelve years, the the kids will be dealing with would not have heard of Formula One because of this shit. Uh, That's what I'm talking this, about. They're still there, almost there. <laughs> no, no, we we are already in the in the uncle territory. I'm talking about like even kids. I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So uh, so F1 happened. and then motogp happened motogp right? yes so this was i think the first time motogp adopted the sprint format so yeah uh, i watched formula, the sprint formula Crazy. one introduced the whole sprint format yeah they did it in a more uh, what do you say experimental uh, what do you say uh, layout or they were experimenting with the whole idea right hmm. the sprint right motogp took the idea and ran with it how so uh 
each and every race this uh, in this calendar year is going to have a sprint race. Oh, it's not. I, d- I, I did not know that. I thought they're going to start. I, I, I was really, really not. No, I, I, I swear. I, this is this is the first okay. time I'm found, finding out about it. Okay, so I thought it is going to be like Formula no, One did for like no, three three not, races or five races. It's not an experimental prototype or anything. Oh, they are just fuck. they just took it and <laughs> ran with it. Okay, this is like each and every race is gonna have a sprint race on Saturday. This is what you call going all in. All in, yeah. So, Wait, this is this is crazy. Okay, next. So we la- love the whole Formula One sprint race, right? Yeah, we do. But okay, I'm no, I'm sorry, I'm still overwhelmed by the idea that MotoGP, without experimenting, without trying out, decided to That's put a sprint on all the no races. No wow. They're like going all in. Wow, this this. And uh, so there were questions, but most of them were answered. In the very first race. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know. So I'm, I'm hearing con- like I have very contradictory opinions. Okay, you tell me the other side of it, then I'll tell you the positives. I mean, I, I don't have um, a lot of opinions, but the like on Twitter. Not you, but what yeah. you've heard, what you've read. Like so, obviously the crashes that ha- happened in sprint. Okay. Yeah. So they were like that is gonna impact the the main race because it was the very first. Uh, sprint race that happened yeah. so everybody was very excited okay yeah, but, but yeah but it's, everyone it's, was also very judgy because this was the very first sprint so i'm i'm just saying i'm i'm telling you what i read on twitter okay. from yeah, from sure. motorcycle enthusiasts so, so they were like see say formula one sprint they, they, even if there are crashes it's a nightmare for the mechanics right and more often than not the driver is perfectly fine to race again tomorrow true in moto gp that might not always be the case right and that's the point majorly the people who are so, like okay, the races. So this was the first very race. So a lot of, you know, attrition happened. People crashed at attrition, each other. Yeah. <laughs> attrition, I'll call it attrition. Because Mark Marquez caused <laughs> the majority of it. Dude, I, I watched the sprint. I, I did not watch the race because, and I'll blame it on you. Because Sunday morning we met. I asked you what time is the race. You said 8.30. It was 6.30. But you could have seen the timetable anyway. It's very yeah, I trusted you. Oh, very good. Yeah, I trusted you. I, I opened it at 8.30. I realized anyway, the race anyway, is yeah. already done. But so if continue. you didn't see the uh, the main race... Then I did. Okay, anyway. So, sprint... Okay, Mark Marcus didn't cause a crash in the sprint, but in the main race. In main so race. So, which yeah. shows, goes on to show that it's not just like crazy racing only in the sprint, but also in the main race. I agree. I agree. And right. that's exactly the point I was and, telling someone uh, who was the naysayer for a sprint. Right. What happens with the sprint uh, is very similar to F1 that there are racers who are not very good in uh, long format strategy. Right. right. Like uh, maintaining the, the fuel load, the right. tire condition. Right. Right. Uh, they are pretty good at very fast pace. Yeah. They're, they're just like instinctively Better. Fast riders. Right. They, Better is subjective when you're talking about MotoGP. Like everyone is good. <laughs> they are good but not great with huh. strategy. There are people Get who are that. very I, good. Valentino Rossi was one of those people who was not very fast at the end of his career. Right. But he was great with strategy with his experience. Absolutely, yes. But there are younger kids who are very, very quick. Right. Right. Very quick. Hmm. But uh, they are not very good with strategy. All of a sudden... They come into the picture. Right. So the whole season is going to be more open that way. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with the positive. So, yeah, the first race, sprint race caused a lot of accidents. Not as many on as the race. There was 
there were two accidents right yeah luca marini crashed into i think uh, not luca marini cra- i'm sorry i'm forgetting but anyway luca marini got out uh four or five of them crashed out yeah i think the the first crash was like two three but it didn't in. cause any like no, no, no major injuries major injuries the yeah. major injury was caused in the practice session uh <coughs> which happened to paul espagaro he broke his jaw yeah and a bigger accident happened in the race yeah. very first lap where mark martins rocketed into uh, miguel olivera right injuring himself and olivera as well also uh, so on that note his penalty right so it there is, is a lot of debate going on around it so Mark because they uh, changed the penalty now yeah so basically there was a lot of hue and cry so this was miguel olivera's home race right the very first race in the season it was his home race right obviously portugal is not a country where moto gp is followed the way it is we could in, see that with the audience yes again something we need to talk about but it's not as big as it is in spain and italy right that even in true. uk and germany and other countries right. but portugal is not there but when you have a home favorite right you are supporting that guy and you crash into that guy yeah. spoiling his this race and the next one as well he's right. injured that he will not be able to I, you know I, in the argentina yeah, gp he won't be able to race so obviously there was a lot of you know people asked that ban him for the whole season I, i saw the videos i saw the photos of like people basically booing marcus when he was being taken away that, yeah that was genuine and had its own reasons huh. but the thing is mark marcus was rash but he didn't go he didn't have anywhere to go hmm. his front wheel locked right there was nothing he could do hmm. he was being mark marcus right right it it's it just happened right the penalty is right hmm. the penalty is or was because the penalty is, has changed is, now is is so was it was like basically the next in argentina gp he will have to serve a two double long lap penalty right right but then people said like oh, he's already injured he'll not be participating in the argentina gp so it makes no sense right right it's not a, it will not dent his you know race race season the right uh-huh. then he, the whole uh, the thing was changed right so uh, the next race wherever he races uh-huh. he will have to serve that penalty so yeah that's what i wanted to arrive at uh, so there is the formula one way of dealing with it and there is the moto gp way of dealing with it okay so you would agree formula one has been i would say borderline pretentious and cocky yes uh with the penalty and with regulations is, is, is a testament to that whole thing and n- not just 2021 i mean like like the whole drama between lewis hamilton for jewelry right or like like right now abhi two days back there is a new directive that the team members cannot stand up and climb up on the pit wall I mean like fuck off like the driver their driver is winning they have put in shit ton of effort how does it matter i don't know why does that safety risk oh okay okay right we have become snowflakes yeah so i'm just saying so there is the formula one way of dealing with it mm-hmm. now 
and then there is the moto gp way of dealing with it and moto gp at least from my observation and like please you correct me if i'm wrong here mm. it has more been about the spirit of racing and like there have not been as uh, tight regulation not enforcement and regulations as strict which is true right so but there has been preferential treatment uh, or you know uh, penalties which has which have been uh, what do i say uh, inspired or i don't know caused by emotions as well if no, you remember I, the I, whole uh, marquez and valentino rossi uh, the debacle which happened where rossi kicked marquez right yeah the penalty which was announced on valentino rossi was not that great not not fair he should have been banned in that yes, race although yes. he it was the penalty was such that he wouldn't have won the championship any which way right but it was not as bad as it should have been should have been yes no i agree i'm just saying moto gp has been historically lenient with the penalties they yeah. like to give fuck off go out and race now now my point is ke the the initial more lenient as compared to formula 1 yes 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 that's modern what i think formula 1 i would say yeah. like over the last 5 7 years right. so i'm, I'm talking one. i'm talking parallelly yeah, yeah. i'm talking okay. parallelly now the thing is ke if you look at the formula 1 way the initial penalty and uh, which was announced for markers would hmm. have been fine right right now my point is it would not have affected because he's anyway not racing in the next race argentina right mm. he's not racing in the next race right and he would have continued on after that right that would have been the formula one anyway. but going back and changing that which was very unlike moto gp which was unlike moto gp or also i'm saying which like sort of pushes it more into the formula one territory like just uh, piling on right guided by emotions and what people are it is more about what how people reacted to the whole yeah. incident yeah. it was uh, more importantly i'm saying it should have been a well thought out penalty in the exactly. first place yeah that's, that's what i'm saying that's my point the the, the restructured penalty huh. makes more sense restructured penalty makes sense i, I mean i'm an but they should they should have that should have been the that should have been in the first place first, right. like my point is ki no no i i speak as a formula 1 fan that mm. not just marcus but all the other riders should be pushing back against that penalty mm. why because it's fucking ridiculous that you announce a penalty mm. and then you decide no that is not good enough we changing that because again if it sets a precedent yes uh, which is true but uh, i think most of the and riders I, I speak are, as a formula 1 man because i think even most of the riders were uh, you know in they were in for of you know changing the the penalty which was announced for marquez they thought it was not as bad enough i mean he was not being punished bad enough for what he did yeah but all of them unanimously said i i, I understand that but i'm just saying like like this makes moto gp looks like a bunch of noobs that oh, yeah, they noobs, they, they Yeah. They they announced a penalty. Then they realized, oh fuck, they, so we left this gap. Yeah, yeah. They they realized later because Mark Marquez was not announced unfit for Argentina GP earlier. Yes, it only came out later. They they announced the uh, the the whole penalty even before he was announced unfit. Okay, what I'm saying is in Formula One, if there are there is shit like this, and you re- 
like if if there is a penalty if like they 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 pile on that ticket there is a 10 place grid penalty and then there is a additional 10 place grid penalty which is going to be in the next race now it that is served in the next race mm-hmm. like even if someone has added up 30 place grid penalty which is supposed to be served in the next race that shit is dealt with in the next race only and there is like you can only start it i get it like, i get it and it is they not piled on to the next race they didn't think it through that's exactly yeah. my point and that is that reflects poorly on moto gp it does but yeah it does that's, to a certain extent it does yeah that's it's all a, i'm it was a very odd scenario which happened it doesn't happen very often in moto gp right yeah but i right. think uh, the reaction people had against marquez was unjustified are wo to matlab like that that is people love to hate marquez yeah what he did and obviously I mean, people I, love to hate max verstappen people love to hate and anyone yaar matlab like that's how it goes like you you cannot control emotions of the masses right uh, yeah it it's more because you know he competed with valentino rossi valentino rossi was you know yes, people's was favorite the absolute favorite yeah, for so uh, a lot of people he gets that uh, a lot of other racers have also caused similar crashes zarco is one of the biggest hmm. you know examples there but uh, anyway i think this this whole uh, penalty was more you know caused by the people emotion and sentiment and emotions and sentiment yeah. but it deserved it to a certain extent there has to be so in formula 1 the racers are much safer especially now with that whole yes. halo and everything moto gp that's not the case people are still dying in motorcycle ac- right. racing accidents right so they, somebody has to draw a line where racer does not put not only his or her life at risk but even other people right true the track. no no i again like like i said i absolutely agree with uh, what the penalty is yeah, now yeah, we, I'm, i'm i'm just saying moto it GP, was very impulsive yeah. what the uh, way they reacted to the whole i mean this makes honestly makes them look like michael masi in like abu dhabi 2021 this particular incident yes they do yeah so that's that's all i'm trying to say they they're making a clown show <laughs> i won't go to that extent because this does not somehow you know affect the whole championship at the okay you know, yeah yeah but that was a but, big blunder but, this, but this this, again so forget the outcome yeah forget the outcome like the the choices made are equally stupid right are equally poorly thought out mm. forget the outcome outcome i, I mean like can't help that th- that particular case the 2021 abu dhabi was mm. in a situation i'm not justifying that, motor gp they just added another point to the whole penalty that it's not the next just the next race whenever he comes back he'll have to right. solve that penalty yeah. it does a deserves it anyway, or not I, but it's i think sorry i'm going to cut you in i think we should move on because we have spoken about formula 1 and motor gp only for almost three quarters of an hour wasn't this episode about this only oh no this is the very first topic on a long list <laughs> i okay yeah but anyway i think we should move on from motor sports okay and what should we move on to mm, our favorite tesla we will not talk about it just yet tesla yeah not lot has happened because i think elon musk is way too busy fucking up twitter and i know you don't use twitter regularly after he took over i know absolutely even not. before you barely used once we started this whole uh, podcast thing you forced me to go, get on to twitter yeah, revive it yeah. i tried but after elon musk came and i know 
Yeah, so basically daily you I wake up to a new surprise. I was thinking of paying a little money and getting a blue tick. <laughs> no, I've just added. So right now, if you open my account, my name says Akshay, and then in the bracket, blue tick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna pay for the blue tick. I'll I'll have it. But so uh, sorry, slight tangent, obviously, because you brought up Twitter. I brought up Twitter, but anyway. Decide. Uh, no, I I did I did. Uh, but they are getting rid of the blue ticks even for. verified accounts hmm. and that is gonna spark a major disaster not interested not automotive related he's a shit show yeah he no, has this, I, this the only thing is i feel even though i don't feel for twitter but i think it needs to exist i'm i'm scared that this guy is going to run it down to the ground yes exactly my concern because this is one of the most powerful information tools that we have seen in the modern like the, the past decade or the so. only good thing that has come out of this fiasco is people are now finally seeing the actual elon yes, musk that is true but i mean obviously ignorance is bliss for a lot of them but anyway moving on it is fading away yeah moving on uh so let's come to our desi elon musk no let's talk about elon musk first let's talk about the yoke steering wheel oh yes yoke is a new joke <laughs> i like it that was a good one <laughs> okay so I mean, like, as far as business strategies go, as far as business plans go, this is a brilliant one. Hmm. Like, so I for I, Tesla, you're saying? Yeah. So, like, I bought a car from Skoda. Hmm. Right. Did it come with a yoke steering wheel? No, it came with a steering wheel, hmm. but they could only sell me one steering wheel that came included. Hmm. Tesla has managed to sell two steering wheels hmm. per car. Oh. Yeah. How's that? They first sold so uh, sold the joke. Sorry, yoke. Yoke. Yeah. and then they the offer, yellow thing that comes inside a egg or no it's worse than that okay yeah and then <laughs> they offered a, a standard steering wheel as an option okay and now they are sold out for the standard steering wheels oh people bought it as a novelty and then they thought okay it's not working for them so it was only available like the top model was only available right. with a yoke yeah yeah so there was no option to choose there i think option was added a couple of months later as an accessory. Oh okay. Yeah. So it was not like if you're buying right off the shelf it will come you'll get an option to select between a I hope I'm not wrong but like the last I read the top model was only available with a yoke. I think but no, they added could, it as an option. Even if it was it was a paid a paid add-on. Okay, I yeah. need to check. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll I'll check again because uh, I th- this is exactly what I thought but either way they are sold out of the standard steering wheels because so people are stuck with their yoke yeah <laughs> and they are not able to buy but like basically anyone who bought it is buying and people who are buying new cars are choosing to accessorize with the standard steering wheel so, so is this a failure we'll say we can can we call it a failure i'm glad you asked this way hmm. because lexus of all there brands, is a reason i asked Yes, I I know you were building <laughs> up to clever. that. Yes, I know you were building up to that, and that's yeah. excessively nice of and very out of character for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But what do you want to say? Okay. Yeah, you're drinking too fast. No, <laughs> drinking water. Uh, so Lexus actually decided to put a yoke in one of their crossovers. Now, couple of poor choices. Hmm. First is in a crossover. Right. like what are the advantages of yoke that you can think of 
and like don't Let's be a cynic to that later okay first you talk about the lexus whole thing like what they are trying to achieve with it okay so this new lexus which i think it has been in the news for a couple of like last week i guess it came out been been more than that yeah so yeah. it's been in the news yeah so it's called the lexus rz hmm. right uh, that comes with a yoke but it also comes with a steer by wire hmm. now this makes the yoke in theory again in i'm not theory. talking practical practically in theory this makes the yoke more usable because the biggest problem with yoke is crossing hands right and like doing more than a uh, what you would call a probably a 100 degree turn right. in either direction like right. that is the biggest problem with the yoke right now because this can vary the steering sensitivity and like the steering it's not directly connect- connected with the yeah it's not directly connected yeah so basically the steering ratio changed dynamic changes dynamically based right. on the speed right which means when you are at crawling speed uh, a a 90 degree turn can get you to full lock versus when you are doing a highway speed right that is only gonna move you a lane right which is brilliant in theory it basically solves the problem which tesla users might have faced yes Yeah. except it solves a problem which would not have existed in the first place if nobody ha- would have chosen yoke right so now we talk about why what are the benefits right okay so i think like let's start off with that what do you think are the potential benefits of a yoke there is see the only benefit that i could see was basically that seeing the dashboard the the instrument cluster Okay we have seen uh, in many cars okay, uh, if i i owned a uh, tata indiga vista at one point of time right? right so the whole instrument cluster was placed in the middle if you remember <laughs> yes. right yeah but then tata came up with a sedan version of it that was called indigo manza manza, yeah. manza right uh, you could ma- not see the console at all manza was placed right behind the steering wheel rather hmm. than the center right and you could could not see it that has been a problem with a lot of cars yeah yeah it it was the case with punto for me right hmm. especially with adjustable steering wheels uh no actually not with no even st- even with adjustable there the is only is, a limited range yeah, so if you're setting it according to your own you know preferences yeah. there were uh circumstances where you will not be able to see yeah yeah this happens on on a lot of cars for me see, i absolutely agree only benefit that i could see actual practical benefit that i could see was basically solving this whole you know visibility of the instrument cluster the other thing where i can see tesla you know wanted to bring it was novelty you know yeah, getting people that, excited about the functional value there is no functional value other than the whole you know visibility of the instrument cluster that's what i how i see it now you go like what right. do you think so would uh, be the benefit of another it? add-on benefit that i see and because i i face this uh like in my car which is a relatively low sedan like not very low but still a sedan i have to put in some degree of effort to get in right and i have to put in my left leg first at a certain angle and then like uh, sort of move swing my hip in right while pivoting my entire body more than 100 kgs on my right knee right and get in like with a yoke type of steering wheel i see myself being able to get in the car much like much easier now this this thing is obviously addressed in a lot of cars by vw and audi 
VW and Audi came up with this whole flat bottom thing, right? Okay, yes. Where it is flat bottom is also a flat, answer, yes. flat bottom steering wheels, you know, it comes in even Swift. Yeah, but VW and Audi were the right. you know, pioneers of no, it. I, I, if you I, remember I, the first generation Bellino, I was what? I was 16 years old. Yeah. I was not as big as I am right now, but right. I found it incredibly difficult to get inside. True. Yeah. So flat bottom somehow addresses that. Right. So I was actually thinking of a more complicated answer to that. Like for a lot of cars, like the moment you uh, open the door, yeah. uh, like the steering wheel is at the f- like highest and at the uh, most forward position while the seat is moved back. Right. And the moment you start the car, it actually gets in position. It has to be electronically. You know, yes, yes. You but know, but this is the case with a lot of cars. A right? lot of cars that that happens, you know, top tier luxury cars. Right. Right. So yeah, these are I think the. And up- when we are talking about Tesla Model S, you are talking about top tier car, right? As far as the pricing goes. Yes. So yeah. So your steering, really I, there is a reason why race cars have a yoke steering, right? Because there's very little space inside. Right. And the steering and ratio and is very direct. Yeah, they don't have to reverse out of parking lots. And it is direct, right? right. You don't need a proper. You don't need steering. to cross your hands. Yeah, it's a. You don't need that big steering wheel. Right. In a road car, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, and like Lexus choosing to do this on a crossover where the vertical height is not a problem. And when they already saw that it's not a big hit. When it had already failed in Tesla. This is so maybe they thought they can do it better and they have tried to do it better. But and, but my point is that the car to try this on. I mean, had they done yeah, this on sure, a sedan. Sure, sure. Because sedan. And actually Lexus is also working on a very sporty V8, which is what I've heard. Okay. So they could have introduced it on that. Although, obviously they won't have gone with the electronic ride by, you know, sorry, steer by wire system on that. But I mean, that would have been... If they have perfected something like this, that would have been the perfect platform but to showcase But they it. would have actually tried it on a sedan or something I, first. Yeah, that, that's exactly my point. Uh, like, because crossover sedan, doesn't make sense. Crossover doesn't make yeah. sense because like, ev- like if, even if with my height, like and, and I'm 6'3 for uh, those uh, our, our audience. 6'3 so, small. No? Short. Yeah, I'm 6 feet 3 inch sh- short. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, you actually had a nickname called Chotu. Chotu, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I mean, I obviously have a harder time getting into my car because it is a sedan compared to the corresponding crossover, which is Kushak. Right. Right. Simply because I, I can just like sort of slide in. Right. So and with newer generations car, new generation cars, you have seen that the whole instrument cluster is changing, you know, rapidly. Yeah. You know, it's not nestled in a binnacle anymore. Hmm. You have floating screens. Right. So the whole, you know, visibility thing is somewhat addressed there. It is. Yeah, it is to a major degree. I mean, on my car, I don't feel that. It's not nestled. It is nestled in a binnacle in your car. No, it's not a floating display. No, it's a standard old school infotainment. And yet I do not face that issue. Right. So I'm, I'm just saying it simply is... A matter of designing shit well. Right. Because like I I have driven my car, I could comfortably see the info I, I am comfortably able to see the infotainment any given any, any given point. You have driven my car, I think you didn't face I didn't issue. face a problem at right. all. My colleague who's about five three Especially three, like the way I felt it in Manza, <laughs> right. I couldn't see anything. My colleague who's five three, five four, 
who's almost a feet shorter than me he didn't face this issue so clearly it's also yeah like you can engineer ergonomics better right? you can right. clearly design things better for tesla i absolutely feel that it was a novelty thing which they do always adding fart sounds and everything right uh, it was that rather than functional right so like now that we are on the topic of tesla can we talk about some more evs yeah we are talking about evs always so okay okay so i'm i want to talk about one pedal driving Oh before we get into that okay how did we forget not talking about the formula e that happened in india yeah because nobody else remembered to talk about it but it was good right it yeah, happened it in india good, it yeah. was a landmark thing that happened in india in hyderabad nobody watched <laughs> we don't watch formula e but i'm so happy that things are changing yeah but like on one hand that happens on the other like there are clouds over motor gp so I mean I I'm still presuming yeah. that MotoGP like will happen two step forwards one step back I hope that we don't take, take that one step back hmm. I'm still <laughs> we're going to rent a bus and all of us will go there <laughs> Yeah yeah we we, we we might actually keep a you know meet up <laughs> for our podcast there if yeah, that happens Yeah But but bus thing we can certainly do we have some But good good that actually I wanted to go to that Hyderabad thing because I was anyway traveling to hyderabad uh, bangalore right but some of the the bangalore thing and the hyderabad race there was a gap of one week and it didn't happen right but i wanted to see the race yeah it's I, pretty good that i don't happened. remember what i was doing around that time but yeah I, I, you just came back from a concert in mumbai so oh, shut yes. the fuck up <laughs> oh yes 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 brilliant <laughs> concert yeah yeah that's why i didn't go so yeah let's let's talk about evs now but good that this happened i even the although i didn't watch the race right but something good is happening yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. so yeah i'm coming to one pedal driving so porsche and this uh, um, there has been history of it now porsche again reinforces and throws more data in our face that like having single pedal driving mode which is like regenerated most aggressive and not using the brake at all right is not as efficient as it is made out to be So Porsche and Tesla have been locking horns yeah for a very long time yeah as far as the whole 400 800 volt architecture goes a lot of different things lot of things this is also one of the main points where Porsche says Tesla if you if anybody has driven a Tesla I have not I guess even you have not yeah I don't guess I know <laughs> but in Tesla we know that it is basically a one pedal drive you don't you have can like tailor it to do that yeah tailor but mostly it is you don't have to press the brakes for braking right all you have to do is you you lift your foot off the pedal a uh, gas pedal and it stops but Porsche with its Taycan it came up with the theory that it is not actually efficient right right It has been one year that I drove the Porsche Taycan, and I saw been that. Been a year, yeah. It's been a year. Uh, first week of April, I did that, and I think this episode will come out. Yeah. <laughs> in the first week of April. I mean, we're recording on thirty first, so yeah. Thirty. Oh, thirty first. Okay. I mean, it ha- it is thirty first now. Fools. <laughs> But anyway, so I actually tried tweaking all the options on the Porsche. even in the maximum point where the regenerative braking is at the maximum right right it wasn't one pedal drive right so porsche has been saying that it is inefficient because if you so you go on go on sorry okay now so uh, i mean 
आई एम नॉट वन टू ट्रस्ट फोक्सवैगन और स्कॉडा और पोर्शा और एनी फोक्सवैगन ग्रुप कंपनी नाउ वी डब्ल्यू मेक सेंस बट वाई नॉट पोर्शा बिकॉज वी डब्ल्यू बट पोर्शा हैज थ्रूटीन obvious we'll say but we'll we'll, okay. I'll pre- we'll both will present our okay it know. seems obvious to me as someone who grew up studying science and did whatever joke of engineering we did yeah. uh, why if you are letting go we still need the, uh, validation from data we don't yeah, have that so the data porsche has thrown in the data but yeah. i'm just saying like just look at um, the anecdote as well as like theoretically it makes sense right uh, even i am you know supporting yeah. porsche uh-huh. so you let go of the throttle the two situations one is region one is coasting right right you let go of the throttle the car has a certain momentum you're doing suppose 80 kilometers per hour the car has momentum the car carries that momentum right that is one scenario the other is you let go of the throttle the car immediately goes on region braking right right now that momentum is being converted via the motors right into charge right right except the first case has let's talk about one case as being tesla and one as porsche tiger okay okay huh. make so, it simpler yeah so the porsche case there is momentum the losses the losses in question here are the the friction right right so it will come down from 80 to 70 to 60 to whatever simply because there is friction right yeah Fric- friction and aerodynamic drag right right in case of tesla there is obviously friction and aerodynamic drag but also but regenerative the region breaking yeah mm-hmm. the region breaking now i in an ideal world the entire uh, momentum like the the energy there will be tra- transferred back to the battery but of course in theoretically theoretically right. yes theoretically in an ideal without world. any losses yeah but except the entire electrical circuit will have a certain degree of resistance there are going to be losses even right. if you take it on the you know optimistic side and assume them to be 15% right there are losses right as simple as that right and in real world it's not like race car driving where we are either, either on accelerating or braking or braking like cruising coasting at many yeah. conditions right cruise cruising basically right. in tesla we'll be on the throttle for a longer duration obviously it is inefficient right, right? like so practically theoret not theoretically but at least yeah. if if you go with physics it makes more sense what porsche is trying to say also uh we saw that when the taycan first came out right. they claimed a certain range the epa range which for evs was also centered very much around the region and all to to say it was appalling uh, less so than was, 200 miles yes it was ridiculously low when actually people were getting much 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 higher range and i can actually you know say that it's true right so i mean that sort of also reinforces the point right so yeah that that was about about i'm that. not driven a tesla as such so i don't know if you can completely shut off uh regenerative braking or not like uh, can it be just one pedal drive or you can you know tweak it to the extent hmm. where you know you can also use the brake you can coast i don't know right. i've not driven a tesla but porsche i've driven 
it's also very the breaking and regenerative is also very seamless i think they did a very good job there oh yeah but uh, yeah and and i think porsche also when when the taycan came out they all they also went with some sort of very special coating on the disc brakes because the brakes yeah, will not be used much yeah, and all yeah. i think they they did a lot uh, on on that front as well by the way on on evs um, i was recently reading that uh, how insurance is going to get costlier with evs interesting go on i mean it's rather obvious i know where you're going but you have to okay out, yeah spell it out yeah yeah so add more the you know, components are minimal but like the major component is battery which yeah. is uh, built with thousands of cells in the floor right now in event of crashes those batteries get damaged right and because the cost of the entire battery is so high plus the process is so elaborate plus there are more circumstances where it's going to be total loss rather than yeah so that that's okay. what it like that's what leads to more uh, like write offs than repairs right interesting i never thought about it you know me neither until i spotted it's very interesting that you yes. brought up this topic yeah i was not expecting <laughs> this topic but okay Yeah I mean this is very interesting okay yeah so it's going to drive up the insurance prices plus Obviously. also it's going to like it's going to and cost batteries so cost like 60 damage. to 70% of the whole cars exactly value. exactly so the, 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 those cars are write off because obviously 60% like that is a battery replacement plus the physical damage to the car and like even in india i think if uh, i think it is above 70% or 80% of the idv the car is a total loss right right So I mean, yeah. such an interesting topic. I, why did I never think about it? Yeah, okay. I, I mean, me neither, me neither. Until I spotted the news, even I didn't think of it. Right. But now it feels so obvious. Obvious. It's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is crazy. Also, like the sheer carbon footprint of it. Hmm. Because I mean, in general, obviously, cars are becoming unrepairable because car companies are making sure of doing that. Yes. I I told you about the airbox thing on my car. Yes. Right. so they've made it inaccessible by design right. but like it's just making them unrepairable in an ev how do you repair anything except for like changing the disc brakes yeah brake or pads disc what is suspension you, components yeah what tires. do you do other than that what do you do even but tires you cannot change at home no you can change the disc brakes that you can do right yeah. tire Okay, even if you can do, other than that, you can't do any kind of repair. Yeah, but there are no other repairs required either. Hmm. But if the battery goes wrong, the motor goes wrong. There right, are all these problems, right? Are, huh, like this is. It what, at least gives you the you know owning a automobile, be it a motorcycle or car. We still somehow do something on that. It gives you that satisfaction. With an EV, I don't know what to do. Yeah. That What would I do on a Sunday? <laughs> just drive <laughs> and okay. panic over the range. Well, it's yeah. a very good topic that you picked and up. I've never thought about it. And also the carbon footprint of it, the, the sheer carbon footprint of of repairing. There are no repairs, right. so they are being replaced, replaced. Which is again a ridiculous. And this is something which bridge. we have talked about before, right? Yeah. This is what we were aware of. Yeah, but the shit has to be repaired. At least right now, how EVs are, it's not good for the environment. right the way people I mean, have been projecting it to be yeah so i think i think abhi uh, recently i wrote a piece for a a, a magazine that's going to be writing 
no was a guest post for a magazine been but writing <laughs> yeah okay uh, what magazine is this uh, so it's uh, people it, will read add a link to it i'll read i I, i'll do that i'll do that so it's it's a very industry specific for for the for like it's related to work uh, but it also uh, okay, i i know that you treat us as peasants but we will read industry specific <laughs> anything <laughs> okay anyway so uh, anyway the, the the point the point that uh, sort of came up in, in in like the the research for that uh, was that like right now the ridiculous battery capacities that we see obviously they're not sustainable but are like and like both of us have discussed this it's only transitional or at least that's yeah. what the manufacturers we are Except banking on the fact that te- battery technology is going to get better battery right. technology and the charging infrastructure everything everything right because like there is no fucking way a 100 kilowatt hour battery is going to be there but everything else related to it is going to transition yeah. into something better because yeah. 100 kilowatt hour batteries cannot possibly be the way way forward obviously like not. there is no way that is clean or anything sustainable or price pricing Yeah, pricing. I mean, even if we ignore the pricing, we're talking about like why? Le- But we can't ignore the pricing. I'm saying no. even if we can, yeah. even if we can, I mean, like even if the prices become accessible, mm. I mean, is it is not sustainable? Right. That like that's not how you create a clean green future. So what did you write about this? No, it was it was simply about that. It's it's uh it's less about having better cars and better better technology. It's more about better planning of the infrastructure like because right now the initial infrastructure that has come up uh, that is in the obvious places like malls and like uh, public parkings and all but beyond that we need to think better with like and it would require better understanding of the landscape better understanding of the geography terrain mm. and that's how the infrastructure has to be planned yeah yeah, yeah that's true yeah so yeah In fact, also like because we brought up my work, uh, we don't give in a plug-in. I am gonna give a plug. <laughs> I am gonna give a plug. So we have been gathering a lot of EV charger data. Okay. And uh, I mean, obviously, it uh, is obviously to pro- uh, offer on our apps EV users so that it, they can find a charger easily. Uh, but that data brought some interesting insights. Okay. and I'll, i'll i'll put a link to the report the initial report that we compiled hmm. but basically there are a lot of e two two wheeler chargers and a lot of four wheeler chargers hmm. so by the way bolt has done a brilliant job of putting out ev to two wheeler chargers okay they are fairly simple slow speed chargers only but they are almost omnipresent they are, they are hmm. om- almost omnipresent right right Post that proper chargers. If you look at Aether, has done a brilliant job. Okay. For cars, Tata. What about Tata? Tata for cars, for okay. cars, Tata power. But uh, what I'm, I'm I'm actually talking about is the distribution of these. Okay. So, for instance, if you look at Delhi, hmm. uh, you can look at the distribution and tell about the average earning group in a geography. Okay. So, for instance, you look at South Delhi. Which uh, you understand is is a slightly the average ho- household income is, is on like, the higher side. Right, yeah. Right. So uh, again, that that's what pretty much our data indicates. So it sort of validates because it's flooded with four wheeler chargers, but there are barely any two wheeler electric chargers. There. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Similar scenario with like areas like Khan Market, Kanot Place, and people who are familiar with these areas would know. Mm. 
एरिया That's very much dominated by two-wheeler chargers and not four-wheeler. Not four-wheeler, barely any four-wheeler chargers. Interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll add a link to this report. Uh, it's interesting, but like the the kind of stuff that like sort of data on placed on a map shows you. Uh, right. So yeah, and plus because it is EV, that's why I added a plug. You right. will you will agree this was not an irrelevant plug. No, no, it was not. <laughs> I was just trying to you know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Take that's a case. that's <laughs> that. But anyway, I think moving on. Ah, uh, we are uh, cross. We have already crossed the one hour mark. Let's let's try to wrap up in couple of minutes. Okay, uh, I'm gonna bring up Hyundai. Hyundai. Okay, go on. You go on. For me, Hyundai. Obviously, the biggest news is uh, Verna 1.5 turbo diesel uh, petrol. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No diesel anymore. No, no diesel anymore. So yes, it is. an alternative to the slavia that you bought yes and i actually wanted to rub it in make you feel as if you made the wrong decision even the fact that now 1.5 slavia 1.5 is available at a cheaper price in the mid variant that i variant, have so yes. yeah you bought the car at the wrong time i want to rub it in <laughs> but i have not driven the <laughs> hyundai 1.5 turbo petrol i want to do that yeah uh, on paper it looks better than the better and it is actually urging me to go drive it yeah See, like yeah i think we should do that this is one of these days uh looks uh it's obviously subjective, it's a, it's subjective. but it looks initially radical like, and overdone the initially when the renderings came out i think all of us said it is Gonna be really cool. Then the first pictures started leaking on the internet, and we we're like, "Oh fuck, it's not that great." Yeah. Now somehow I feel it's growing onto me. Okay. So um, I mean, I like the rear. I don't like the side profile. Rear, I think uh, I saw a couple of pictures in the dark, and it looks really cool. Okay. In the dark, it really looks cool. Yeah, because the uh, tail lamps are nice. It's. Okay. Uh, yeah, in the dark it's really good. Yeah, but in the lamps. Yeah. Front I am still not, you know, sold on it. The yeah, front looks like overdone and ugly. Yes, I hate. The profile view also is somehow not okay, that great. So, I'm I'm going to say uh I am like visually I like my car better. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> uh but I am jealous that people get to buy the more powerful engine option at a lower at price. a lower price because with skoda we both have not driven it as of yet so we cannot you know yes but, but obviously it's going to so, be like so one thing that we can say with certain more obviously it's going to yeah, be yeah so like the, the it's uh, going to translate into some kind of something yes yeah. so i'm just saying like for the price i spent on like my car getting a 1 liter turbo hmm. uh an additional 50k would have gotten me a 1.5 turbo on that car right with better equipment as well better equipment or not i mean you you and i both are like 
up as long as the basics are sorted we are pretty right. chill but on still, the like yeah. on paper it's you're getting good better to, good to have yeah it's not a deal breaker but yeah it's good to have so yeah that's obviously something plus also that sort of poked skoda and skoda right. immediately launched because earlier they responded by you know yeah because you know i had a very strong preference against sunroof Yes. Yeah, because they turn into nightmare in the long run. You don't three, need it. Yeah. Three. It's a useless no, thing. It's not just about not needing. Like I know shit ton of people around me. Like three, four years down the line, the sunroof start leaking. Gaskets, yeah. Like the the rubber start getting hard and like the leaves. We live in breaks. India. We do not need it. Yeah, we do not need it. It becomes a additional chore sort yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. So I was strongly in favor of like the not the top variant and like the more powerful engine was. out of budget because it was a more powerful engine costlier engine and only 20 the top plus lakhs right yeah it was 21 lakh almost for yeah. me which was uh, beyond my budget right? right and i i very much wanted if that engine was available on the variant i bought yeah similar price like which, you could have gone another extra 1 lakh or 2 lakhs yeah and which it is now Ah. So good that there is new competition in the market and serious competition, not something that in sedans. In sedans, yes. Yeah, this is what we want, no? Yeah, in uh, sedans. So not something that Skoda or Volkswagen can very conveniently ignore. Right. So that's good. Like that's good for the segment in general. That's good for the market, and that's good for the existence of sedans in the market. But is it just Skoda or even Volkswagen has done that as well? I don't think Volkswagen has done that. Okay. uh as far as i know skoda has i'm not read that about waters no so it it skoda has done that for both their sedan and their crossover okay uh, they've done that both for that's both. a good move no? that's a good move a for bit the market uh, but in general for the market yes obviously more competition is good more options are obviously better sure so yeah see but, is this the only thing about honda you wanted to talk about no this also um, i mean because from the initial photos and all they have kept some physical controls which i'm honestly jealous of i we uh, uh, on how many episodes we have talked about this no i think at least 7 8 probably <laughs> yeah sure sure so physical controls still make sense ergonomically for, for certain things practicality yes. yes for volume for ac blower yeah, for yeah. ac temperature i am still not sure about the design no, they forget with, all of that but It's good that they still retained a couple of physical buttons, yeah. rotary dials, things yeah. like that. I'm just saying, like everything that is on the on the design or the touch controls, those are not the primary elements. The right. primary controls that are there are available as physical controls. Right. And Hyundai, like senior execs at Hyundai, have claimed, like, oh, sorry, have promised that they are gonna keep physical right. controls for the important stuff. And they acknowledge that touch touch screens are a nightmare. We which we approve, which is something which, which yes, this, we approve this message. Yes, <laughs> very unlikely so, yeah. of us, you know, supporting Hyundai. Yeah, so no, but Hyundai we... Hyundai has its act together for a while. You you saw the no for a while yes no no like, not just India globally I'm saying uh-huh. globally I'm saying like the i30 N line yeah yeah uh, the, I'm talking about just India <laughs> no no not just India and even in India I mean just like i20 N line is a good product yeah. not great but good 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 yes i'm just saying like for a, from a mass market brand again something where we s- claim that hatchbacks and sedans need to be you know saved i mean right we need now, a product like an n line yeah, yes, you know i right, 21 right line now 
the only premium hatchback you can buy is Hyundai i20. Yeah, everything else is gone. Yeah. Polo and Polo was the last and that was a more than a decade old car. Right. And no changes were made. And it like had it looked dated. It looked dated by the yeah. end of it. I mean only the engine was updated yeah, I mean it was a was... timeless design. Ah. But still like it didn't look a proper like like a proper modern car. Mm. So yeah. And everything else like uh, everything from Maruti we don't even no, consider they, it. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they they're they're commuter cars. The commuter cars. They're, they're fine they for the purpose. Coffins. <laughs> I mean like okay, let's not let's not demean the brand. I'm just saying like, huh? Okay. They're, they're commuter brands. They they serve a different purpose. They're not catering About to killing people. <laughs> wow! And you, you driving a Maruti, you you have a vendetta against Maruti. That's why I know it's gonna kill me someday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else? So you, anything else related to Hyundai you have? So you saw the Sonata N. Yeah. Which looks very similar very, to the Verna. No, it, the design is the front looks bit similar, but it's but more it sportier looks, than. It looks brilliant. It's actually what Verna should have looked like. Yes, it looks brilliant. I won't say brilliant. I think it looks good. It looks very good. It looks very and, good. Okay. Yeah. It looks similar to what the Verna's renderings were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, overall, what like the what came out. But you remember that old Sonata with that double. The headlight design the, the c-class copy you c-class copy i, I yeah. hated that i don't yeah i absolutely hated that. that that's what i'm saying and that, with a gold hyundai badge on the that <laughs> makes it even more impressive on how far hyundai has come in like what 15 years not even 15 i think that's exactly the point i mean like volkswagen has been making cars forever mm. like sonata and elantra both i think they have all three have very similar designs now I think yeah, have showcased all of them. Right, but like I'm, I'm is talking specifically of the Sonata N, mm. which looks brilliant now. I mean, I, I I would say brilliant because like look at where they started and look at how recently they started, mm. and like right now when like you mm. and I are saying it, a, a Hyundai is a good alternative to a Skoda or a Volkswagen. Like that is something. They they really Not have their shit. Not with these cars, but a lot of other cars. They, they really Kia, have I will, their I will go with Kia, right? Hmm. What was Kia twenty years back? Right now, Kia is one of the most in-demand brand Threat. in USA. Threat to everyone. Ah, yeah. it is. Yeah, and in the Europe, in Europe as well. Right. So, in fact, a friend of mine in UK, he he keeps singing praises. One of his friends has a Kia Stinger. I think. Stinger. Yeah. Yeah. I got to drive it in India many years back. Oh. I didn't so know. even before Kia brought its Seltos and Sonnet, it wanted to introduce the brand in India. So they oh, brought right. similar to what MG did. Yeah, uh, MG did never brought their old their their small cars, race cars. Uh, but what Kia did was they brought a couple of examples of the Stinger and gave it to automotive journalists okay. over the country. So that's when I got to drive it, and it was right after I drove the M3 M4. BMW M3 M3 M4. It was not as great as the M3 M4, but for no, a, but it is a cheaper alternative and to it was those. Very good. Yeah. I never expected a Kia to be that great. I had but already seen it on Top Gear and other. That's exactly what my friends keep uh, like sort of harping on. Like in in UK, this is one of the best cars you can buy for the money. For the money, yes. Yeah. By the way, Hyundai yeah. has also announced that they are gonna stop selling IC engine cars in Norway. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Norway is obviously a very EV heavy market. But see, uh, like calling it off entirely is a and big deal. You know, these are countries where there's a lot of 
rally enthusiasts and hyundai with its i20 and yeah and and things like that they were pushing it so it's a it's a big news right yeah it's a big big deal but but then again norway is a ma- major ev market so they they're sort of the like, adoption of yeah. evs there is like very very high right yeah so i think they're going to push more on their ionic so products to, oh, okay. by the way the ionic 5 is in india now i want to drive it uh, i have not got a chance as of yet i i'm sure it's got to be good because the uh, kia ev6 is good yeah and they have showcased their ev9 as well did you get a chance to look at it i i just like sort of like sort of glancing past looks yeah. nice yeah looks, looks nice. promising and on paper impressive i think kia is the uh, tri- can't call triumph can't call it triumph anymore because no, triumph is somehow gone into a limbo no it hasn't it hasn't i mean like there are diverse products i mean obviously they're not flooding the market like they the way were. they were doing they were but they've got a product for everyone like yeah. you walk in like irrespective of what your interests are they have a product for you is it going to be odd if i call kia the royal enfield <laughs> yeah very <laughs> because yeah. royal enfield is doing a stellar job yeah they they are they are yeah, but anyway move, moving on moving on uh what i are, i am actually we have both have not ridden the meteor 650 we want to do that we want to yeah, see how good it is yeah the, the engine is good but yeah we we hope for the better suspension and all because yeah. those were the weak points for interceptor yeah, and absolutely, gt absolutely absolutely yeah the pricing is great i want to just see if <clears throat> everything is good as well right true what else before we bring an end to this episode a new lamborghini v12 lamborghini oh my god so the aventador after 12 years being in production it has finally been replaced yeah the vid with a name which i keep forgetting i keep mixing it up uh it's called revuelto revuelto another famous bull from spain obviously oh okay yeah obviously but um before this lamborghini did launch a couple of hybrid models they were limited production uh, one was called cyan my name yeah actually it brought a lot of footfall to our podcast podcast yes, yes, from search <laughs> people were searching for uh, lamborghini cyan but they came up to our podcast because yeah, they came it. up to cyan chakravarti <laughs> but this is a not a limited production but a series production first right. series production hybrid right. also the first lamborghini that goes into that 1000 horsepower realm. oh yes it's 1001 bhp or 1001 yeah 1001 horsepower not bhp 1000 bhp anyway irrespective of that yeah it looks very similar to the cyan fkp it does right okay and odd thing to pick up on but it it claims uh, 0 to 60 miles per hour or 0 to 100 km per hour uh, uh, for 2.5 seconds 2.5 seconds so which is very impressive but uh, with like all the ev supercars and all coming in like i don't know has 2.5 like been sort of a a benchmark that is like l- that has long been crossed it has been 3 second was the benchmark with all ic engine cars right right and all of a sudden it didn't go for like 2.8 2.7 it just went to 2 1.9 <laughs> Two and then one point nine and things like that. There's a new Dodge Demon as well, by the way, which again oh. claims ridiculous times mm-hmm. and like 
with a IC engine there we'll talk about it later we yeah. will end the episode with that right but anyway so yes 2.5 is insane i mean the fastest i've gone is like 3.2 seconds and it hurt on a, on a car on a car on a car on a car uh, i think the quickest uh, would have to be the this came in the the one before 718 which was 4 seconds something which was 4 and a half second i yeah. think 4 and a half 5 but i obviously i now haven't you, done now your ic engine proper sedans like 7 series and s class which do that kind which of which do thing. that i mean like a, a 330i does 5.5 second Crazy. a 340 does 4.5 second so 3.2 seconds felt insane it hurt my eyes my entire body it felt like that i can't even imagine like 1.9 seconds 2.5 seconds is crazy but anyway yes electric cars somehow make all these numbers feel like okay yeah, it's fine but not great uh, sure uh with the looks what do you think about the honestly not a fan same here yeah i mean like so typically whenever a new lamborghini would come out you would expect something radical you would expect something you've never seen before it is radical I mean, it's radical but I, it it's didn't not impressive. like excite yeah it's not yeah exciting is the yeah. word i mean like aventador when it first came out it was or like huracan huracan honestly not as much because aventador we had seen before that yeah, obviously but yeah. aventador is a flagship model huracan is not yeah but i'm i'm just saying like we had i think seen... gallardo i wasn't very impressed with but the huracan was an improvement on it and i felt okay. yeah the, that i agree but i'm just saying like in terms of what you would call radical and exciting aventador like with its sharp lines and all mm. it it like was exciting even on a on a photo this has sharp lines creases vents scoops yeah, everything yeah but somehow doesn't somehow doesn't neither do i feel it's that great yeah yeah so i i don't know where they've taken a detour and i'm i'm not saying i, I don't know if, if other people share the feeling it's very subjective looks is always yeah. like very subjective but but it it doesn't feel as exciting like just in terms of design i'm talking and especially it's a lamborghini that's why right with ferrari with porsche porsche we don't even care porsche right? we don't have we don't care it has not changed expect. a lot <laughs> right over the last 30 years right but uh, yes even i think the design is not exciting I mean, fine like like when i when i stumbled across is on or uh, stumbled across across it on my feed hmm. like yeah like okay this looks good it's not but something okay. which will yeah. make you excited enough to dig through and read more about exactly. it watch videos yes uh, absolutely if you've put it like you've you sort of structured what i was thinking right yeah but uh, very impressive in terms of hardware So Aventador was a like uh, not a DCT. It was basically a manual. Yeah, AMT. Uh, AMT. Yeah. Uh, single clutch transmission. That's what they called it. But it was an AMT. Right. They moved to a DCT, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's a hybrid, so obviously it doesn't need a reverse gear. So the electric motors. Motors take care of reverse. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Thousand horsepower. Weight saving as well. The V12. Uh, another thing, it still has a V12. Like, same V12, right? Six point five. Not same because they have completely changed it. It's lighter. Everything is pretty much changed. No, I, the, I, I assumed it was same because it was also six point five. Right. The uh, the numbers pretty much are same, but right. it's a very different engine. Okay. Uh, the DCT, the gearbox is not mounted in front of the engine, but at the rear of it. Okay. There is no transmission shaft. 
to give it all wheel drive because it there are, you don't need because the motors are taking care of that right so rather than a transmission shaft there is the battery which resides in the transmission tunnel okay so a lot of other things uh there is no engine cover for the v12 so basically you can touch the the top cover of the v12 okay which is pretty cool right yeah uh, pricing we don't know it's going to be insanely costly obviously uh well okay looks cool what next uh i so uh, we were talking about v12 right so lamborghini still sticking with v12 giving it some kind of hybridization some electrification right all the next uh lamborghinis are going to be electrified by the way porsche just announced that uh while we were actually recording this that uh next year there's not going to be any uh cayman or boxster uh, gts or gt4 models It's yeah that's going electric right in 2025 so right. next year we won't get any souped up cayman or boxster oh okay only oh. the the basic 718 Oh wow, that is disappointing. As, as, as looking forward to buying one oh, when yeah. I get rich. Ah, uh, I was actually putting money into Adani. Either I'm gonna go broke. <laughs> or I'm gonna... <laughs> right. I mean, like you, you know how much I love Cayman. I love the 911 more. I, I know its I history, know. but yeah. I know, but yeah. I... In every which way, Cayman is a better car. I mean, in every which way because that, that about, I, 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 because I, I've driven both right. I know that it's in every which way it's a better I've not car. driven a 911 I've okay. driven a Cayman okay and it's absolutely mind blowing mind boggling so is 911 I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I'm just saying I, like maybe because just, of my limited just because exposure of the and balance, because, balance of the car because of the Cayman is better in every right way. and like the mid engine thing that's why the balance right. comes yeah. from that so, mid engine layout I mean layout. like the cayman has always sort of been more attractive intriguing yeah. like more uh, tempting to me and like that has been on the list for a long time so yes so there is and insane... it is starting to look like by the time so but it's a by the way the auto car also like uh, did i think you want to talk about a right a bit more on the on the natrax they they ah uh, so we were talking about the formula e happening in hyderabad right a lot of things are happening uh, mahindra because it's it's uh, there in the formula e racing thing right right so they brought their pininfarina batista to india right right to showcase the car right jihan daruwala was driving it around the circuit giving all the celebrities some 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 experience in the car right but it was not just that they brought the car to Natrax or Natrax uh, testing facility right in uh, Madhya Pradesh right and ended up setting some world records right yes now it might seem as a very trivial thing to the uninitiated right but for us i think it's a move in the right direction things some like considerable things are happening in india right yes. newsworthy things are happening yes, in india right exactly and like not just like headlines for it's india but global car, headlines but the this uh, the facility as well it's good enough for the uh, for, for the car to do 358 km per hour right yeah set so, you know records you know everything has to be perfect there right right true, true. i was very excited and autocar was you know associated in that entire yeah because hormas did that and then uh, renuka did a, a run which i mean is the, the fastest right so yeah 
pretty cool pretty cool I mean, very very comes up to that whole thing yeah the whole team auto yeah. carted and mahindra did right absolutely true and like batista obviously is a impressive car this was a good showcase i mean obviously india would not have many takers for the sure. cars it made global news and india being yes. somewhere there is pretty nice very impressive yes yeah. so you talk about v12s yeah so uh, because of this whole electrification this push towards environmental you know friendly automotive powertrains things like that a lot of very prominent cars have died since we last did our you know episode it wasn't that long ago yeah in the last 3 months a lot of cars news has come up uh let's talk about this uh what is it am i drunk you are uh, the, the, by the way the jeep cherokee has died jeep cherokee not the grand cherokee i get it cherokee yeah it's not a big very important car in india because nobody in india it. it is not globally it globally is globally it is right globally it is a big deal but right. like and in us market like historically in jeep's history that is a very very big deal right so yeah i mean i, I think it was in production for 48 49 years oh i don't like know that, that name plate yeah right. that name plate was there for 48 49 years which right. is like a lot for a brand's history so what are the that general motors has said that the sixth generation of the sixth generation camaro is going to go out of production at the end of this year or maybe early next year so there will be no camaro they are not uh, commenting on that they're saying that the story has not ended as of yet so maybe but going electric yes i mean makes sense for muscle cars to It go electric does but camaro uh nobody none of us expected all these great cars to you know die electric uh, uh, camaro will not be a camaro right a electric 911 will not be a 911 it will just have the name plate it might look the same we were expecting this th- these things to happen but well, it's sort no, of it yeah it 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 is happening now <laughs> and we so, are realizing it right similar is the case with charger and challenger charger are... we know the electric charger is coming so charger yeah 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 we did that joke <laughs> a couple of times charger and challenger they are dead yes they are dead the name plates will be revived in the form of electric cars yeah later on same is the case with uh, the camaro hmm. but all these cars the cars we grew up you know uh, collecting admiring admiring collecting posters you know talking about they're dead all of a sudden they're dead the weird's all gone so uh, a couple of days ago uh, one of my colleagues who is not a car guy by any measure mm-hmm. uh, drives a humble volkswagen polo okay which he picked not because he's an enthusiast but because he tried couple of them and he felt he liked it he liked it yeah so he's like okay take this this feels nice enough to drive feels not a car bend. guy not a car not a, not a car guy by any measure right. at all and he out of nowhere asked me like dude you keep talking about how brilliant uh, the engine and gearboxes are on like Volkswagen group cars like mm-hmm. on your Skoda or on like Audis and all right like that is their edge right in his head obviously i'm not saying right or wrong uh and you'll see when everything is going electric hmm. what advantage are these guys going to have 
not much and i was like yes you make absolute sense because right now hyundai is killing it with electric cars kia is killing it with electric cars forget everything tesla which a company which came relatively like it's a like, like literally very, yesterday and it's still the the global leader there with no competitors even close to it right i mean globally volkswagen is selling more electrics but yeah i mean tesla should not have been the winner if you're going by who knows how to make better cars 15 years old company 15 or 16 something like yeah, that yeah yeah and these are all legacy companies with so much money they know what to do and mm-hmm. still right. yeah, tesla you know leading the way right exactly and as like so yes, this you're is right. some, I mean, I, this is a discussion we had a couple of weeks back if you remember that it's uh, in the ev uh, era it's just going to be how the cars look but they are all going to feel very similar right and irrespective of what you know car you're driving i expect us to see this immediately mm-hmm. but i specifically mentioned my colleague because he's not even remotely a car guy and even he's seeing this happen right. like he understands I, i mean obviously he doesn't understand the nuances of right. the car he has or i have but he understands that these are the specific things that probably make a particular car better right and like when this whole element of engine and gear like like Volkswagen dual clutch gearboxes are like legendary they're the pioneers of this whole yeah, you they, know the technology exactly and like he or even he understands that when this goes away it's it's a great equalizer they don't have a competitive edge yeah i mean and and i i tried to sort of counter his point but like saying what saying like like, like it's not just about the power delivery but it's also about like the chassis and suspension but after a, a few moments i realized that like, like, no for most people don't care about that most people can't even recognize right. that like most people can't tell a good chassis from a terrible chassis they don't yeah even it takes a little you know Uh, research and a lot of driving f- on our side to you know understand yeah, I mean, that day when I cannot tell yeah. uh, if a car has a terrible chassis or if I'm just Suspension, getting acquainted like to that. it it takes yeah. a while to you know right. really drive it and know right and for a layman we, it's very difficult we still care about that stuff like right. that stuff cannot be quantified no it can't like on, on spec sheet if you look at my car it's it's a terrible choice right right I'm just saying, like a, a Honda. Most of the people form opinion on what people like us write or you know make videos on. Right, right, right. Or what, like what we, what we tell them. Tell But them. Otherwise, if you look at know. the spec sheet, like there are better alternatives. Right. And like most of the edge which has existed so far is is gradually going away. Right. And and even like the the masses are seeing it. I mean, he's a smart chap, but he's. not even remotely a car guy and he he's seeing it mm. and he's he is obviously going to make a choice for a, a vehicle in the future as well right and people like him are going to do that right so yeah the you know uh, drive train and everything made was a basis on which you know the character of a car was you know decided right now it's going to be more about the design and the luxury quotient the features yes. right yes and the other thing would be not the character of the car but the reliability of its you know components yeah but like the reliability in general is going to go up with the right they're only going to be different by the way they look they all going to feel pretty much the same right right 
true so uh, uh, like and the drive train part you mentioned so uh, i remember this grand tour episode in which i think they were comparing hot hatches um, jeremy had the golf gti right uh, this guy hammond had uh, this fiesta st right and james may had some obviously random car right be james may be james way and golf gti was the least powerful car on the on on the uh, out of the trio and i think you're talking talking about a power, uh, top gear episode not no grand no tour. grand tour i'm talking grand tour i'm talking There's grand tour did very similar in top gear as well yeah but those were the old ones right yeah i'm talking about the the latest models okay, of okay. these anyway, yeah. yeah and and they were doing a, a drag race in which on paper the golf gti was the worst car right but like in the drag race it it ate everything else up okay simply because of the gearbox right simply because of how brilliant the drivetrain is right and like these are the advantages they are losing in the electric transition it's got yeah so yeah anyway i mean like sort of sad or not i'm, I'm just saying like both ways of looking at it i mean it will the only, yeah it is going to bring is, more interesting uh, outcome to it i mean like the only outcome like is i i feel a lot of small car brands will pop up which will revive the old historic <clears throat> historically important cars which will look uh in terms of looks they'll look identical to the old cars right. but will have electrical uh, powertrain hmm. no but uh, also i'm saying that brands that have been sort of lagging in certain ways because of their engine and right like like you look or they might uh, cease to exist they might never be able to catch up with the whole transition and they they might they might just die and there will be no, companies but, like uh, tesla and sony okay, okay so no, you, yeah i no, i i'm talking about brands like so let's just say tata tata sells well enough right right but you drive one of the tata amt's with one of the tata turbo petrol engines i get what you're trying to say yeah. right i mean like all of a sudden I'll, with their nexon ev yeah. they made a great like jump you you drive a nexon it's a piece of shit like at least the ic engine one the ic engine yeah, one yeah, yeah. it's a piece of shit yeah, yeah. the gearbox it literally no exaggeration it literally at times takes 2 seconds to shift a gear immediately when you move to the ev variant yes. and all of a lot of the like, complaints are addressed yeah because the complaints are primarily related, related to Mechanical. the engine right. which has asthma yeah. and the gearbox which t- takes 2 seconds to shift right both these issues go away And it immediately is a yeah. better car. The downside, the biggest, both of us like, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest downside is you know, character makes a car what it is, right? Right. Let's even just just why go that in that direction? Let's talk about your Slavia and maybe this Verna one point five. We know that on paper with the one five one point five GT TSI engine, hmm. your Slavia. Yeah. on paper they are very similar but right. they'll have very different characters right, right. very yeah. different we know that yeah. but the moment you put electric you know uh, powertrains in both of them right. they feel very yeah. similar just with very different designs right because see the thing is ke- even de- despite the fact that the powertrains might be made by very different companies right but they'll be very similar and like suspension like the chassis and suspension they obviously play a role but people driving day to day they are ex- exploiting maybe 10% of right it and they'll not notice right. i'm pushing my car which is why i know that it acts a certain way 
and that's where i've noticed a difference mm-hmm. in a certain car but so we are basically going the direction where cars will become Yeah. like smartphones it like smartphones like like look at smartphones today yeah. they all look the same they all feel, feel the, the same. same the work work pretty much in a very similar fashion yeah yeah and like all of them are running the same hardware running the same chipset qualcomm is making everything very little difference yeah and i think that's the direction we are going i think we have had we have arrived at this sort of conclusion couple of times in the past episodes as well and somehow arriving there again on that bombshell <laughs> on that bombshell i think we should close i mean i have a couple of other stuff on no, the no, list I, but i, I think, think we're moving to the two mark the two hour mark right yeah, yeah plus i think i think that that would have lost interest stuff, in yeah that stuff we we should keep for the next episodes <laughs> so yeah i think that's that's rather disappointing way to arrive at the end of the first episode of this season why disappointing it was a good episode Yeah, the episode is good the, but the future I'm, feels a little precarious yeah yeah i think i'm i'm going to have to live for a long time uh, by just like sort of tuning my car and like ex- if the government allows you to do that you never know yeah the government they might find say like <laughs> <laughs> dude people are running engine swaps uh, nobody right. knows yeah. so yeah but i'm not doing that like for for legal reasons i'm not doing that <laughs> and i think that's about it for this episode thank you thank you very much for listening again if you like this episode please share it with your friends or at least just like like at least click a like uh-huh <laughs> yes wow, that's that's all you could contribute uh-huh. i contributed by putting so much out there on the episode okay giving cool. my expert opinions <laughs> great thank you very much for listening hopefully we will we'll come back very soon yeah yeah we will we will i mean this was the season break aha uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the office <laughs> yeah okay thank you bye bye